Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And if you've just joined us, we have in studio with us the winner of the Sassel Arts Competition and it's um, Sister Zaima Amin in studio with us. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Well, mashallah, absolutely beautiful. I'm very excited because it's very different, an arts competition, mashallah. And definitely to have one of our ladies of the community uh, win it is a big stride for for the Muslim community, of course. So, sister, you're originally from Cape Town? Yeah, I'm born and bred on the Cape Flats. I was born in Lansdowne at home. Mashallah. You know what's so funny? You're saying Cape Flats now. So I was I was listing something on the internet the other day. I just never realized that Athlone was part of Cape Flats. Yeah. I always thought it was just the gang infested areas. I just really didn't know oh, that no. Athlone, Lansdowne, everything falls under Cape Flats. So born in Lansdowne and growing up in Lansdowne as well? Yeah, I lived there up until... I went to primary school and then for high school I went we moved to Sar Estate in Athlone mm-hmm. and went to high school at Catkin High in Aidefeld. And then from there we sort of moved around Sar Estate but continued to stay in Sar Estate. Went to from there work there and then when I got married, lived in Kensington and yeah, stayed there for another 20 years. Mashallah. Mashallah. So in terms of arts now, is it something that you studied? Uh, yeah. After high school, because I was at high school during the 76, 78 protests, mm-hmm. similar to what we're having today. And then from there on, I did um, medical technology. And the, I got a job that would pay for me to study because... My mother being a seamstress and my dad was a carpenter. There wasn't really money for studying. And I was then sponsored to study. And then when I had my children, I decided that I'm actually going to look after my children first. Mm -hmm. And from there on, I was at home and I studied through UNISA. I started studying again and did my undergrad through UNISA. It took me six years. And then went on to do a master's at UCT Michaelis in Orange Street. Mashallah, in art. All of it in fine art, yeah. But but starting from microbiology, right? Yeah, medical technology. Medical technology, sorry. Yeah. Um, which is something completely different. <laughs> so are you involved in that at all still or no? No, I'm not involved in that at all. You know, it was really just to get my foot into the door to study. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to have something as in terms of education um, and I was sponsored and that's why I did it but um, this is what I, what, what I really wanted to do is study art and, and it sounds quite funny that you'd think oh, how would anyone want to study art but in I fact I love art I love art and I love history and I love those type of things oh okay so. then maybe you should embark on, <laughs> on a study but you know I grew up with my family, my, my granny, my mm-hmm. mother, in in a very creative environment. My granny made all these beautiful garments for um, 
what was then the Nikoma Lan. She worked uh, on making the theater. It. That's right. She, oh, so wow. she was in the workshop, as so, they called it. So all the costumes and stuff? All the costumes were made. And then she could make all these beautiful wedding dresses. So did you guys get to try them on and of play course. around in them? Of course. <laughs> Parade in them. And she yeah. made the headpieces. And my mother also could, they can make just about anything. You know, if you need curtains, that's what they would make. Need a wedding dress, then they could make. You bring back so much memories. I think when I, when we were small, my friend Wahida Fajan's mother um, would sew as well. She do bridal dresses and bridesmaids, and we used to like dress up in them and go and play in the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my granny was very very creative, and of course my aunts, and it was just a big community that in which we grew up and. Mm-hmm. So for any wedding, they would make the bride, the headpiece, the bridal dress, the headpiece, the retinue, and they even decorated the stage and made the candles for the tables and deck. They just did everything. And I think that's probably where we, I draw my creative side from. Um, and, and it was very much a community spirit. And I think that's where it all came from. I but studying art, though, wouldn't that be completely different to obviously being growing up amongst the practical? So you have that eye and you have the heart for it. But then studying art, was it like a full degree on painting and those type of things? UNISA's curriculum is geared in such a way that it consists of a theatrical the- uh, a theory component as well as a practical component. Oh, okay. So what happens is that you do the theory in terms of studying the history of art and then um, you have to do the practical to show things in a visual way. So for instance, what does sadness look like visually? Mm. What does happiness look like? So if you were to make a painting, how does it look like in a visual way? And so that's the play between the theory and the and the practical. And so you have to show that in any medium, be it an installation, be it pre- a sculpture, p- drawing or painting. How do you show this? And then you work with material. So, for instance, any, um, any material have a history. It's embedded with a, a, a history for instance you were to use a canvas it's got a history it's made out of cotton so where does cotton come from mm. what is cotton made of who picks the who plants the plant who then reaps those plants and then process that into a fabric so when one works with that history you use it within your concept and that can help you show the emotions that you want to show what would have been, what if I asked you what truly stood out in those years uh, when you were studying, uh, being a mom also, what stood out in your studies to be a total passion at that time? When at it came time, to arts, what got you really excited out of all of the material you went through? Sculpture. Sculpture. Yes, it's, it's sculpture that, that makes, big, it's sort of, uh, I, I can touch it, I can, you know, really play with the materials and that is what sculpture has to offer drawing is a two-dimensional surface so is a painting you know so you're working on a flat surface where sculpture you can actually think around the corner mm-hmm. you can work with your hands and I think that is probably how my thinking works my brain's probably wired in that way 
Mashallah. Um, just one more question then on that note. If, you know, when, they th- when, when one th- thinks of art, you think that the person needs to be um, artistic, right? You need to have a passion for it, a hand for it, somebody that can do it all. Now, having studied it, would you say that is, is, is true? No. No, no. Um, you know, today we're living in a digital world. We're living in, in 2016 where there's so much available in terms of technology. You can project an image and draw that. Mm. And so what? But can you say something through the image? And that's your challenge. You, you, anybody can learn to draw. Anybody can learn to, uh, to, to paint. It, it's, it's really something that can be taught. There's really no magic as it's perceived to be that you have to be this artistic genius. Uh, no, it's no longer like that. It was a Western thing where they made these, spoke about the male genius. It doesn't exist. Allah has given each and everybody a talent that you can work with. SubhanAllah. We are talking to Auntie Zaima Amin, the winner of the Sassel Arts Competition. We need to go in for a quick ad break and we'll be back soon. Eat, pray, love with Taslima Ali. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Eat, Pray, Love on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And if you've just joined us, I've got Zaima Amin in studio with us. She has recently won the Sassel Arts Competition. So do you want to tell us a bit about that? Because that sounds absolutely exciting. But I think, you know, no, I think we need to reverse a bit back. So you've done your art course and you've now qualified. So what were you then specializing in? Um, you know, having come through the UNISA curriculum, mm. we don't teach. Uh, I say we don't teach as in because I'm now a, a sort of a lecturer at UNISA oh, as well. Mashallah. So we don't teach a particular discipline as you specialize as a painter. And we say, oh, you're a painter or you're a sculptor. or We don't teach like that. And so I picked up from that. Mm-hmm. And what happens is you have a concept. And you work with this concept, as, and the concept di- dictates the technique you're going to use, the material you're going to use, and maybe the processes. And so you work around that. Um, so if the concept is asking for a sculpture, then that's what you're going to do. It sounds almost concept-driven, and other, d- other universities might disagree, but that's the teaching I come from. So I'm not an expert at anything. Each and everything needs to be learned. And there's just so much to learn still. So, yeah, concept driven. <laughs> when you talk about concept driven, I'm just thinking of art in general now. Because earlier on you were, you were saying if you have to um, express love or express happiness or sadness in your work, is this sometimes the challenge of misinterpretation of an art piece? Um, Yes, I know. <laughs> so what happens is that if you visit a gallery, for instance, and you're confronted with Peter's sculpture, painting or drawing, and you look at the marks that were made, instinctively you will feel that this looks like a sad mark. Or there's a, 
sort of an emotion attached to the way the artist put that mark on the paper or canvas and even through color so you you the viewer you will pick up a few things that will speak to you and maybe the artist had intention of saying that but then sometimes you leave f not having picked up anything and that's also okay because art is so open-ended or should be open-ended it can appeal to some people and not to others you each viewer come with their own cultural background religious background their own upbringing and they will bring that to the artwork so eventually the viewer completes the artwork mm -hmm. and so it's it really can speak to anybody it's no longer that whole thing of artists for the elitist we, sh we should really try to break away from that if you look at the title of the artwork it should really help you to understand the artwork if you look at the artist look at the age of the artist you look at the art where the artists come from mm -hmm. that should all help you to put this puzzle together and so you can get something from that I'll, I'll just give you a, a small example a friend of mine made a boat you know um, and she made it out of parquet flooring and she suspended the boat and so one start unpacking this boat and the radio the word boat speaks about a journey because you're going somewhere or you're coming back the mm -hmm. boat could speak living within the South African context could speak about the colonialists who arrived here mm -hmm. and Ruby came with a boat mm -hmm. then we could speak about a boat in terms of a holiday it could be the luxury if you come from a Hindu custom maybe a boat could speak about the next life mm -hmm. where you know in India when if you die they put your your ashes and they throw it in the boat so the word boat and just looking at the boat can have all these multiple interpretations, interpretations. but then it's made out of parquet flooring mm -hmm. so parquet flooring is about a home yes it's what we find in a home so this is about a home that's moving somewhere could it be perhaps displacement could we be speaking about those people right now in europe that's left with a boat to their new home going across from Af the african continent right across to europe so that one word, boat, and one object can address all those issues. You know, I never realized the value of artwork really until a few years ago um, when the Nelson Mandela Art Gallery was still in existence and they had all of Nelson Mandela's artworks up on display and they were urging the community to purchase these pieces. And they would tell you, look, you're purchasing for 12 or, or 13,000 and how it actually the value of artwork actually goes up which was absolutely so interesting because i think a lot of people will see artwork but we don't realize the value to it yes do you do in in your experience now and as a lecturer as well would you would you say that art is a good investment art um i would say yes you know, often you find in previous years when there's a war in a country, people buy artworks mm -hmm. and then use that as, as a value. And yes, certainly I think so, because art has the power to address issues. And artists are often those people who look at um, things in the biggest sense of what is really going on here. So they would look at putting it into perspective within one sculpture, drawing or painting, mm -hmm. you know, and... Um, 
So yes, art has definitely got value to it. I think each community have a different sense of what it means to them. Indeed. You know, so um, it would be difficult to be prescriptive and to say, yes, of course, go out there and buy art. Yes. Um, Zahame, now let's go to the the, the Sassel competition that you've won. You want to tell us about it? Um, That work comes from my master's that I did last year. Um, I, you know, having grown up with my mother, that's a seamstress all the time, and she, and I listened to her plight of being the seamstress sitting behind the machine her whole life, and my granny behind, and um, and the the artwork in itself actually addresses those issues of hers, which is feminism, colonialism the lack of education which we got through the previous regime, um, globalization, exploitation, and so I can go on and on. Those, So within that artwork, I'm addressing those issues and more. You know, because the seamstress, um, I mean, the very space we're sitting in used to be a space for for manufacture of, the, of our garments, and it's no longer here. It's all people have been moved in that they no longer have the working within this fa- the factories the wage that seems to are earning at this point in time this is from the research that I've done it's 722 rain per week so, so we're looking at this and we're looking at in terms of feminism these are all most of of, of the women that and again this is coming from my research not what I'm saying most of the women working within the industry are single mothers living on the Cape Flats, living in the townships. And so um, the artwork comes out of that. So the actual competition, though, how how did that come about? How did you get involved with that? The Central competition has been running for 27 years. I stand under correction, 27. Yes, I want to make sure that. that. Um, and I, I entered because I just thought, you know what, I can... I don't have to win, but at least once you put your masters to good use. <laughs> yeah, that. But also, just being a finalist in the Cecil mm-hmm. is always um, a, a good accolade to have. Is it a national competition? A national. So, so who all were you up up against? Did the, you, was it then? Did, was it then uh, placed in a gallery um, for everyone to come and see? And how how were they voted? Yeah, what happens in, at for Cecil, they have a regional selection. Mm-hmm. So the judges or people from Cecil go to different ta- different regions. Um, and that is Port Elizabeth and Cape Town, Durban, Johannesburg. And then they select. And from there on, all the work gets taken up to, um, to Pretoria via Stadford Liners. They take the artwork up. And there the work gets put into the Pretorium Museum. Uh, and then they um, they actually install it like, an art, like, like a full-on exhibition. And out of that, the judges come along and then they judge. And they have a few rounds of judging. And then the work are shortlisted. And from there on, they get the, ten, the top ten, which consists of two, the winner, a runner-up, and then eight finalists so how what was the feeling like once they contacted you oh yeah they contacted you know it was quite 
yeah, it's exciting and, 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 and so on. But at the same time, you know, with all the excitement that happened, my dad was very, very sick. And I was hesitant actually to go up to Pretoria because my, my mind wasn't there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the competition so much, but more about him being so sick. So um, it was exciting. It was definitely exciting. Something I've been looking forward for a long time, but then with him being sick, yeah. Inshallah, Allah Subhanahu So now when you think of this art piece though, and you think of growing up and having dedicated it to your mother. Yes. Um what would your what what would your message be? My my message is that, you know, um the art competition are actually open for, to anybody. Anybody can make art. Anybody can do this. It's it's, it's really uh, accomplishable, even if you don't have an art degree. You know, it's really for anybody on the man on the street. So, so so winning this this actual competition, do um, what do you actually get get from it? You know, you, you, there's a monetary value, mm-hmm. but it's really not about that. I'm sure. It's all about making these silenced voices heard. Yes. And so through this artwork, I, as I said earlier, I'm addressing all these issues. I can highlight now what, uh, what is out there, that mm-hmm. there's women sitting behind machines on a daily basis, and at the end of their life, they finish off with a measly state pension, and that's actually what I want to highlight. SubhanAllah. So now that now that the competition is over, what would you say would be your next venture? Uh, from winning, besides the monetary value, there's also a solo exhibition. So that's what Cecil is all about, is ah. actually you know, offering a solo exhibition to make um, maybe uh, New artist voices heard. <coughs> Sorry. So when you say a solo exhibition, do you now get to prepare a few other pieces and actually host your own? Yes. Oh wow! So are you busy? Have you started? As no, yet? no, not yet, not yet. I haven't started that. <coughs> I've actually just given myself a chance to recover. <laughs> when did you this. get back? I I came back um, immediately after because my father's so sick and it was also Eid. You know, mm-hmm. so I came back the Thursday after winning the competition, which was the uh, eighth. Mm-hmm. I, I was back in Cape Town, um, and then with my ba- my dad, and so this past so week. You, so your father passed on after on E Day. On E Day, Subhanallah. So uh, I've just given myself some time to recover, and then now I'll start my research as to whether I'm going to have the solo again talking about the labor issues or perhaps maybe talking about the displacement of my grandfather so that's the two themes that i've been working with um so currently i've also got an i'm part of an exhibition in stellenbosch museum and um, where i'm addressing that issue of being displaced when you talk about displaced, are you talking like District 6? Yeah, he was displaced from District 6 and then he built a house in Lansdowne mm-hmm. and then the, he was displaced from that area as well. So I might combine the two, we'll see. Or maybe I'll talk about <laughs> something completely new. You know, 
um, that's what artists can do. You look at current issues and you yes. address those issues. And for me, the current issue that's standing out is actually the burkini and how the lady in France was uh, asked to undress and asked to leave the beach mm. because she was dressed in a way Muslim people should. Yes. Not should, could not. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. So it's, it's, it's something that could end up being combined. Yes. Yes. Or maybe something brand new. We never know. What the research does. Are you excited though? I'm very excited. I'm very excited to to use it as a platform to address issues that one would not normally. You know, art with art art you actually use metaphors like Mm -hmm. poetry. You can say something without offending anybody. (laughs) So it's a very powerful thing that you can do. And the power of the visual. You know, we... Uh, when you see something, it stays with you much longer than when you hear something. Indeed. So, by when would this gallery, uh, um, this exhibition, be happening? Only next year, September. Yes, I have a good ten months. So maybe I should ask you though. So when you prepare something like this, for instance, let's just look at your masters, which has won this competition. Did I? How much time goes into it? A lot, a lot, because you start off with the research. Mm. Lots and lots and lots of Do you of have reading. to have a supporting essay with this? It's my choice. Okay. I might, and you have a, you could have a catalogue of which you have the text, and then you have photos to show the work as well. To and complement it. Yeah, and really the, the catalogue lives on after the exhibition. You know, you take it down and people forget, but the catalogue can circulate. And then, even for my masters, I made a virtual catalogue, so that's still living on. So yes, the the starts with the research, and then from there on, you sort of work with um, words, you know, the power of the text, and then you unpack one word. So for instance, with the coming back to the Cecil work, mm-hmm. I've used um, gauze to make the the overall. So working the overall, overall speaks about the worker without me having to say anything, and then use long five meter uh, gauze and then um, this gauze speaks about wounds so in the photograph that i've posted to to um to facebook the one with the art times this is actually gauze that's gauze i actually thought it was organza so this is gauze it's made out of gauze So what happens is that gauze speaks again about wounds and scars. That's what we would apply to a wound. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking about the wounds of apartheid, the wounds of the structural wounds, and speaking about physical wounds. I'm speaking again, having looked at my mother who sat behind the machine, she would have knee problems and back problems. Mm -hmm. They sit behind the machine for about 50 odd years. And are these the, 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 singer, the singer sewing machines? Yeah, the machines are actually <coughs> discarded machines. Mm-hmm. With that, I'm referring to the worker. That once you've worked your stint of um, your lifetime behind the machine, you actually just get discarded. You know, so these are all metaphors for the worker. Uh, so the machines were also picked up from scrapyards and so on. So now, um, what happens to the art piece now, though? Um, after it'll come down the end of this week, mm-hmm. and then it started. Is it on display here or in Pretoria? It's so in Pretoria. Is it coming down to Cape Town for display? Um, what happens is that it, that, that it won't be displayed for now, 
and then next year the solo that the opportunity I will have to present the solo exhibition it will go to Pretoria mm-hmm. it will be part of the opening of the next Cecil competition and from there it might come down to Cecil Museum in Stellenbosch and that's where it will be shown okay yeah. so is your is your exhibition going to be taking place in Pretoria yes okay yes okay yeah so I can't guarantee that that piece will come down to Cape Town. If I continue with the labor issues and the sa- work in a similar way, it will come down to Cecil Museum in Stellenbosch. Inshallah. We need to take a quick ad break and inshallah we'll be back soon. Eat, pray, love with Taslima Ali. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Eat, Pray, Love on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. If you've just tuned in, we are speaking to the winner of the Cecil Arts Competition, Zaima Amin. And mashallah, she's been giving us a beautiful education into art. Well, Zaima, before the, the break, we were obviously uh, speaking about your art pieces and, and the one that's actually won you, um, the Cecil Arts Competition, is still up in Pretoria. For, so for those that are in the Pretoria area, um, where could they go and have a look at it? They can go to the Pretoria Art Museum. Okay. And, um, yeah, the, 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 the work is called Paying Homage, and I can just unpack the title for you. Okay. Um, the title, Paying, I'm referring to the pay that they earn, which is minimal, and the homage speaks about the special honor in public. The, mm. the word itself and that is what I wanted to do so I placed the work uh, above eye level so that people can look up to the worker because um, I just feel they need to be honoured in many ways indeed if we think of, of all of the ladies in our community um, I'm sure there's like so many of us you automatically just know someone that would be in the community that used to sew yes. and indeed it used to be long hours and and when you go and visit um, uh, whoever it is that is sewing for you there'd be these bundles of sewing to get through and there'd be so much of pressure but we sometimes don't realize their story no, and we we all have to wear clothes. Indeed. But we never really think who's sitting behind the machine. Um, and be it the clothes that's made locally or internationally. And so my work doesn't really, doesn't only stay within the Cape Town, Western Cape. Indeed. It speaks about all those sitting behind the machine, be it in Vietnam, be it in India, be it Bangladesh. And China. so I can go on and mm. on and so on. And um, there's a real... And most of it are actually women. And there is great expect, uh, exploitation sure. in that industry. Yes. You know, the work also references those women and those children. In fact, child labor is such a big issue in, within this industry. You've, you said early on you did some research. So cu- is that current where you say they, they could earn anything like 700 and odd a week? That's current. That's now. So in your research, uh, did you also then look at um, what it was perhaps like 20 or 30 years back? Um, yes, I did. I did look at, look, I looked at the history of the machine, the history of the garment industry, the history of the unions. Mm. You know, um, this is now they're paying supposedly a lot. They're getting paid well. 
Yes. I mean, I'm really putting so that sure. in inverted commas, you mm. know. Um, and so the the work speaks about all these people, you know, recently, not the, okay, that was last year, there was this factory where women was, were locked up in the factory in sweatshops sitting behind the machine and there was a fire and nobody could get out, you know. Um, and do you, because fa- uh, fashion is so driven mm. by consumerism, there's, there will probably always be people behind the machine. And even though we're living in industrial uh, uh, time today, 2016, there will still be a human sitting behind a machine. It's and got something that one can but when you look at when you look at the price of clothing, though, where's the fairness then? Oh, no, no, that's another topic. I think we're going to spend another day uh-huh. in your studio <laughs> to unpacking that. Because, um, but it's w- such an eye-opener. Well, uh, that, that is the point of my artwork, that I was hoping to highlight this issue. Well, you definitely got me thinking. I'm sure so many others that are listening are thinking as well. Now, now if you think of the clothing we purchase and when you go to the normal stores, not the cheaper ones, you're looking at, at sometimes T-shirts being 250 if not more. It's and you don't realize it's 250 right? How do you justify that? That means she... And, and, they, and they make how many T-shirts in a day? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, know, obviously, you, you, you know that everything needs to be uh, proportional. There's other costs involved, fabrics, etc., etc., um, whatever it may be. But seriously, like 700 and odd a week. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and, and so out of the, that 722 rand, that's the exact amount, uh, one left to think about the taxi. This, that, this is a mother who must get up early to get to the taxi rank, get to the train, whatever means of transport they use, get to work, and then from there sit behind the machine. And it's all about the production. You are sitting behind the machine to produce. You're so not you there. perform or you don't perform. There's others that need work. Yeah. You know, and then um, my work touched on the factory, but it also touched on the CMT, which is my mother, cut, make, and trim. You know, so... When they make a mistake, they get penalized. And once they are penalized, they don't get the same amount of money out of it. And so, you know, it's, it's something that we can sit here and talk for a very long time in terms of exploitation. A dress that is made, so the cut, make, and trim would be paid 22 rand to make retails in the shop. And this is from my research, not what my mother saying, what I've seen. Okay, would be sold for an average of... 599 rand. Oh, if my dress is made for 35 and 45 rand, it retails for nothing under a thousand rand. This and this is a cut making terms speaks about the cut making terms speak about the, the person who, who sewed the work, so it gets stitched, then it gets cleaned, cut the threads, ironed, tagged, ready in the plastic, ready into the box, ready for the rail. And that's for the 22 rand. And 10% of that money goes to the cutter. Oh, my. So we're going to have to talk. (laughs) Oh, my. And I open up. A session as to the exploitation that goes on within this industry. So if anybody thought that there's no expression in art, I think (laughs) Sister Zoma has definitely opened (laughs) our eyes. We need to go in for a quick ad break and hopefully uh, Buta Rashad will get something ready. 
especially for all of our mothers and all of those sisters. And I think there are some brothers as well sitting behind a machine or has generations that have been sitting behind a machine, inshallah. Eat, pray, love with Taslima Ali. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Eat, Pray, Love. MashaAllah, it's almost 6 p.m. and we've had a lovely afternoon with Zaima Amin in studio with us, winner of the Sassel Arts Competition. And subhanAllah, I feel that she's totally opened my eyes to something that is so different. Um, having done her art piece in, um, would, you, would you say that it was especially in honor of those um, that have been in the sewing industry? Yes, and still, and remains in the industry. It's an, it is a tribute to them that they sh- are not overlooked, certainly not by me. Mm. Well, Zayma, I need to say shukran to you for joining us on Eat, Pray, Love. For those wanting to make contact with you to perhaps come to the studio or see your artworks or follow um, uh, you, are you on social media? Uh, not, not really. But I have a, a website. Okay. That's my uh, name, Zayma.amin. Okay, so um, we're spelling it Z-Y-M-A dot A-M-I-N and I have a website and so on. And then you, there's different links and you can actually go and do a virtual tour of the master's exhibition. Oh wow, so is that zaimaamin.co.za? Yeah, no, com. Okay, zaimaamin.com and then to make contact with you at the and studio? All my details are there. Are on there? All the details are on there, they can phone me, I'm willing to help and assist whoever needs assistance with when doing art because I am a lecturer at UC, UNISA now and um, I'll, I'll help wherever I can. Well, Zama, I need to say shukran to you once again. I do hope you'll stay in touch with us and let us know why, once that art piece is in Cape Town so that we can all go and have a look at this beautiful piece, inshallah. But shukran to you and inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to bless you with that noor that gets expressed in all these beautiful art pieces, inshallah. Inshallah. Shukran for having me. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.